You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey, and we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Yeah. I'm still in recovery, Dave, but I'm ready, man. We got we got a show to do, so I'm here. <laughs> Next stop, the trend zone. It is January 18th, Thursday, and we're coming at you from Los Angeles, California. It is a beautiful, not so beautiful, a little bit cloudy, I suppose, 57 degrees at this point in time. A little cool here on the west side, Casey. Yeah, not too bad, though. I'll take it. I will take it. It's not too bad. In today's episode, we will talk about the NFL coaching carousel, uh, an outstanding class of new NFL stars, and all of the awesome games coming up in the divisional round. But before we get to all that, Casey, as usual, we like to provide some tasty nugs for the people. What you got? Yeah, I got a couple nugs. First one's a little bit painful. Houston rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and Green Bay quarterback Jordan Love, ironically, both uh, completed 16 of 21 passes for over 76%. They both had three touchdowns with no interceptions for 157.2 passer rating. Um, not bad for a playoff debut for both of the quarterbacks. Wait a minute. Is this all scripted? Yeah, right? You didn't see it at the beginning of the season? <laughs> I don't know about this, Casey. I need another nug, please. <laughs> okay, well, you know the divisional round is where the big boys come to ball. But, big but. In six of the previous seven seasons, at least one road team has won in the divisional round. Hmm. And entering this week, the road team has won five of the NFL's last nine divisional playoff games, included in that group of winners, two of the last three Super Bowl champions, the 2020 Tampa Bay Bucks, and our 2021 Los Angeles Rams. We say it all the time, Casey. Just get in the tournament. That's right. Oh, and then also fuck, f- follow that up with showing up to the football game. <laughs> oh, you have to actually show up? Yeah, apparently. Nobody told the Cowboys. It's not gifted at that point. You get in, and then you get to play <sighs> a game. You don't, have to do, you don't get gifted one. All right, folks. Trend Zone, which you are now listening to, available for subscription. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's move it into the top trending stories. Um. Lots of vacancies for GMs and head coaches in the NFL. And it seems like these teams are interviewing everybody. Yeah, they're spinning around. They're doing the work. Uh, We talked about it last week. But the Chargers, the Commanders, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Titans, all looking for head coaches. Lots of people cruising around there. Your Chargers, uh, I think Rabel just completed his interview also David Shaw today too, I think former yeah. Stanford coach. So um, the coaches are making the rounds, you know, and if I'm looking at this objectively, I really love that chargers job, obviously with Justin Herbert there. So it's going to be interesting to see where some of these candidates start landing so far. Nobody. Yeah. yeah but uh, lots of zooms and phone calls and in-person stuff going on. Yeah, of course, there is a little bit of delay. You obviously have to satisfy the, the, the Rooney rule. And then there is no in-person interview, interviews until after the divisional round uh, coming up. So um, that is, I guess, I mean, I'm sure you'd want to shake hands, sit down with, and mm-hmm. personally interview a candidate before you uh, went ahead and decided that, you know, obviously, the, like you said, these are all Zoom interviews at this point in time, but everybody seems to be interviewing everybody. So everybody's throwing a wide net net out there and seeing, um, you know, what they can, what they can muster up and who, who shows interest, you know? Yeah. They, uh, they do that zoom until after the divisional round because they don't want it to be a distraction to current coordinators. And, uh, Apparently, you can still be distracted via Zoom interviews. <laughs> Apparently, you can, and I'm I'm sure. It, obviously, that is the, the, there's no way of alleviating that issue. You know, guys want to promote themselves; they want to move uh, ahead in their profession. Um, but Casey, moving on, um, there was one transition that was that sort of just bypassed the Rooney Rule, and I guess they had it all set up in advance and a okayed by the league office. 
Yeah. Um, shockingly, uh, Bill Belichick, after 24 years. Thanks, Bill. Bye. He gone. So there's uh, lots of teams lining up for his service. And we had talked about this moving forward. Everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall. Crafted right by Bill, of course. How could you not? Yeah. Amicable split. Not yeah. getting compensation. None of that. So Bill's making the rounds. He kind of wants a project is kind of what they're saying. But uh, it just a project hasn't worked in New England since Tom Brady retired. Yeah, um, shopping for the groceries hasn't really worked there either. So he will be limited in some of those GM roles. I'm sure he's still going to have input, but he will not be running everything. And maybe that'll be a good thing for him just to focus on coaching. It's going to be weird seeing that hoodie with the the chopped off sleeves with a different logo on there, but it's happening. Yeah. Um, and the Pats did move quick. Gerard Mayo is the new head coach there, a rising star in the coaching ranks. They really like this guy. Um, the first things I've heard out of him have been pretty solid. So they're keeping a guy that did the Patriot way. He was under Bill, and now he's getting his shot. So some new lifeblood up there in New England. Yeah, and also I've heard that Mayo is, personality-wise, kind of a polar opposite from Bill Belichick. He's a lot more of a people's coach or whatever like his people skills are sort of uh his calling card so it'll be interesting to see um instead of the negative and reinforcement from bill some positive reinforcement in that building <laughs> <clears throat> and it will be interesting to see where bill belichick does land because it's clear at this point that he does intend to continue coaching yeah. atlanta is really seemingly uh taking a good strong look at him mm -hmm. they have an issue at quarterback so did the Patriots uh, post Tom Brady. So it will be interesting to see if that's the case. If he does end up landing in, in Atlanta, how they address that that quarterback position. And there's a lot of play, uh, pieces already in place. There, obviously, Bijan Robinson, the high Some draft talent. pick, Algier two in the backfield, Pitts, Drake London. There's a lot of things there, and a guy like Cordero Patterson. Can you imagine like the hoodie working up some neat stuff for him? So. Um, that could be a good fit. Still need a quarterback, but I'm sure all this stuff is really going to start getting some momentum in the next few weeks. Yeah, for sure. Casey, there was another move that was a non-move, and it involved a team with a star on the side of the helmet. Yeah, uh, Big Mike is coming back for his fifth and final year of this contract. Dude, I'm at a loss. I didn't know. I don't know what the hell to do moving forward. It's just such a shocker to see the Cowboys come out in a game at home so flat. And it was apparent to us that they were outcoached left and right, not only offensively, but especially defensively. That was my biggest gripe yeah. on the way the team performed. Uh, you know, there was that, I think it was the last touchdown or second to last when Musgrave was just like wide open by himself. He, nobody even gotten to, he ran for 10 yards before we saw a cowboy on the screen. Yeah. They got run all over. It was just a bad plan on both sides of the football. To, so to come in, after so many bad things have happened, you know, and not be ready last year, they looked, they had this same look against San Francisco. This was supposed to be a given. And, you know, granted green Bay is an up and coming team, but for them to just not have any juice in this thing that starts at the top. So I could have seen it going both ways. You keep big Mike, you keep this cohesion. Dak did have his best season as a pro you're going to build on that. So you're going to keep shoddy. You're going to keep big Mike. So they'll have a plan moving forward, but the plan's got to be better than this one. I mean, 12 wins is great, but an early exit from the playoffs when you have for sure two home games to just not even show up, dude, it's 27, nothing. I know Dak has to play better, bad plan, just all the way bad around. Like I said earlier, um, see like Dan Quinn might've been a little distracted with all these zoom meetings, but Another year home for the Cowboys. And this one, you know, everybody thought it was going to be different, and it wasn't. It was if not. If I'd different. have handed you the axe over the weekend, Casey, you'd have been doing the chopping yourself. I'll That's tell right. you what. Cut it down, baby. <laughs> Cut it down. And there are reports, obviously, that Quinn is out there doing the rounds uh, as a hot candidate to be a head mm -hmm. coach. But if he doesn't land a gig, uh, that he would likely be back in the fold there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they need different personnel. That was, you know, I think Green Bay scored touchdowns on six other seven drives, something crazy like that. So we'll see, Dave. I'm still like working through my, you know, yeah, seven stages of grief. So I'll get there at some point. 
All right, Casey, the NFL announced uh, the six finalists for the 2023 Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Year Award. And this list, I mean, honestly, usually it's kind of like, oh, it's a clear cut deal here. But this list is packed with exciting football players. Yeah, dude, the demise of the running back position had been greatly exaggerated. If you look at this list, Devon Achan on here for the Dolphins, Jamar Gibbs or Jameer Gibbs for the Lions, um, Bijan Robinson for the Falcons, also Sam Laporta, the tight end for the Lions, CJ Stroud, quarterback for the Houston Texans, and our guy Puka Nakua, wide receiver for the Rams, having an absolutely insane season. There's merit to give all these guys the hardware, but Dave, I'm telling you, it's going to be C.J. Stroud. They love the quarterbacks in this league. They do. It is a quarterback (laughs) league, and I agree with you that it's going to be Stroud. However, I could see that in my another, another, the next guy right there, Puka Nakua, uh, right here in Los Angeles, set rookie records for receptions and yards for a receiver. And then if I'm saying that's the justification for him, I could then push that one step further and say, you know what? Sam Laporta set rookie records for yeah. the tight end position too. So uh, yeah, you're right. It's just a quarterback league and it's going to go to a quarterback unless it's not. Uh, but there's a quarterback that's worthy of it. So Yeah, uh, and Puka was drafted so late. Nobody saw that coming. Lots of expectation on Stroud. He surpassed all that, but he was the second pick in the draft, Puka, back there in the fifth round. So all these guys, dynamic playmakers. The more stars you have in the league, the more better. And how about those Lions? They're on the other side of that F them picks deal because mm-hmm. part of that trade gave them some extra picks to play around with. And sure enough, they land two guys that are on this short list for rookie of the year with Gibbs and Laporta. Pretty impressive yeah. uh, drafting there. Doing good work in Detroit. All right, Casey. Ticket prices, um, well, they vary considerably <laughs> for these games <laughs> heading into division weekend here. Um, what, uh, what do you got for us? <laughs> Dave, we got taking care of everybody. If you're a scumbag and you're trying to get in on the cheap or you want to be a big baller and go on the, the high end of things, um, the cheapest ticket out there is Texans at the Ravens. You can get into this game for under a hundred bucks. You're up wow. in the nosebleeds. That's okay. Most expensive tickets, only thirteen hundred dollars, baby. So you might as well ball out on this one. Packers at 49ers, uh scumbag ticket level, 197 bucks up in the nosebleeds. If you want to ball out, 25 hundo, Dave. Woo. Um Here's the shocker, dude. Bucks at Lions, the scumbag level. Your scumbags aren't going to be in this game. Well, Kid Rock <laughs> might be there. He's a total scumbag, but he's got money. Six thirty-three for the cheapest ticket there. But wow. most expensive I saw only eighteen hundred. So go for the good tickets, right? If you're going to pay the money, go ahead and pay it. And that Chiefs at Bills. If you're going to be out there in the cold, cheapest ticket two hundred four dollars and forty-nine cents, mind you. Mm. And the most expensive. $2,117.50. It's weird that the tickets in Buffalo have uh, dollars and cents. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, those are some pretty pricey tickets there uh, to try and go see your team. But it for some of these, it's, you know, I mean, the Lions, it's been a long time mm-hmm. since they've been uh, on this kind of roll. So, oh, dude, and if somehow the pack knocked the the Niners off how much you think those NFC championship tickets are going to go for people will be donating organs bro <laughs> it is going to be exciting lion fan in a bathtub with his kidney removed just ice down <laughs> like it is worth it I'm going to the game <laughs> oh man okay speaking of the games Casey let's get into it it is divisional week arguably the best weekend of the year with eight teams Really, the top eight teams have really earned their way here going against each other. It is divisional week, dude. You know what? The only thing I don't like about divisional week, besides the Cowboys not being there. <laughs> What's that, Casey? This officially means it's slipping away. <laughs> it certainly is, man. It is flying by at this point in time, Casey. But um, it is very exciting because... These are going to be some exceptional football games mm-hmm. if they match up to the billings here. So uh, we'll get it started on the Saturday action, Casey. It is the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are at home favored by 
nine and a half. This is a rematch from a week one game where Houston went to Baltimore and Baltimore won that one 25 to nine. But the circumstances are a little different in this one, I suppose, as the rate this this Texans team is has grown quite a bit since then. Yeah, dude, and the Texans trying to be just the third team since at least 1950. That's the first year the league can confirm starting lineups for every game. But it, they're looking to be the first team to win multiple postseason games with the rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. We mentioned C.J. Stroud as potential rookie of the year. Last week, he became the youngest quarterback in NFL history to win a postseason start, breaking the record. Uh, by Michael Vick there. And Stroud's numbers, we mentioned it also, 16 to 21, 274, three TDs, no interceptions, the highest rating by a rookie ever in a playoff game, dude. And you great expectations come with that high a pick, but that ain't always the case. This guy is absolutely balling, and he looks to be in total control of this offense. Yeah, we talked about it last week. The throws coming out of his hands before guys are cutting – um, the the desire for this team really and Bobby Slowick running that offense there to attack downfield mm-hmm. relentlessly and really go for big chunks. It's been a really impressive, uh, you know, how much they put on him and how much they trust C.J. Stroud uh, to wing the ball around, man. Yeah, and last week they played one of the stingiest defenses in the NFL and he absolutely shredded them. I know they got a couple pick sixes uh, late in that game that kind of made the score better. But, like, he tore those guys apart, and he's doing it really without a huge running game. Last week, Devin Singletary, 13 for 66 and a touchdown. Um, they're going to have to f- be able to figure out a way to run the ball a little bit more than that. But um, if it is on C.J. Stroud's shoulders, dude, he loves Nico Collins. Last week, Nico, 6 for 96 and a touchdown. This guy is also emerging as a young superstar in the league. No doubt about it. And they had Tank Dell there going too, uh, uh, but obviously the injuries derailed him. But Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Woods in the mix there. John Mechie made a big play last week as well. Uh, Not to mention at the tight end position, uh, your guy, Dalton Schultz. I know nothing. Nothing. I mean, also just really they're finding a way to get all of these guys involved and contributing. Yeah, dude, four different receivers with the catch of at least 27 yards or more last week. It's the big play. We saw them do this in Indy, too. Um, This game in Baltimore is going to be outdoors and cold. Will they be able to do it on the road? We're going to have to see about that. And you mentioned Bobby Slavik, dude. Um, He might be parlaying this Texans postseason into a head coaching job sooner than later. Yeah, he's one of those dudes that's been on that under that Shanahan umbrella I think he was at Washington when it was Mike Shanahan and a bunch of dudes on that staff are all now head coaches, including uh, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. So it would not surprise me uh, if he did parlay this exceptional season into a head coaching uh, opportunity. We'll see if he's really ready for that or if he kind of likes the situation where, hey, he's got some pieces together. here, Right. Let's see how far we can take this before I abandon ship. Right. No doubt. And then you flip it over the defense for the Texans. They've been pretty good all year, just 20.8 points per game. Mentioned the two pick sixes that kind of put that a game away last week against the Browns. I don't expect to get that same contribution from this defense, especially on the road. But um, there's a ton of playmakers and they're doing it because the head coach, D'Amico Ryans, is really putting his, you know, fingerprints all over this squad. And it's amazing to see the turnaround in just one year's time. No doubt about it. And the the Browns last week did have some banged up offensive tackles for Mm -hmm. sure, but they were absolutely taken advantage of by the Texans defense and the scheme and the way they Mm -hmm. attacked the quarterback and really put pressure on Flacco. That first pick six was pressure oriented. Mm -hmm. He got hit as he threw it, ball floats up. Second one, he's... He's got it. He's accelerating the pe- the 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 pass. He's accelerating yeah. the play because the defense is after him. Um, so you got it. Those were four stairs by this Texans defense. And then against the run, dude, they've been pretty good, really good against the run, averaging just giving up 96 yards a game. Last week they only gave up 56 yards, but that was because the game got out of hand so early, and the Brownies just couldn't run the football because um, the game. You know, it was they were losing it. So um, that didn't become a factor. Guess what, dude? 
these Ravens are going to run the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move on to this Raven squad a little bit. And we'll start the conversation with the fact that the Ravens, uh, they obviously clinched the AFC North division for the first time since 19. And they are the number one seed uh, f- for the first time uh, since 19. Also, the, that's their second time ever. But you mentioned it. These guys run the football. In fact, they led the NFL in rushing offense this year at 156 and a half yards per game. Um, the offense in general, sixth in yards per game, fourth in points per game, um, uh, but just 20, uh, 21st at passing. So this is a run heavy team. And even so, it was Lamar's best season ever as a passer in this Todd Munkin offense, uh, this new offense there that they got going um, with 3,678 yards throwing the football. But he also led all quarterbacks with 821 rushing yards. So not only are they going to hit you with a multitude of backs, really, um, they they brought in um, Dalvin uh, Cook. Cook, right? So we'll see yeah. if he pro- provides any juice. They let Melvin Gordon go uh, with his slippery fingers, right? But they also, of course, have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill um, running the ball. Gus Edwards had career highs this year in rushing mm-hmm. with 810 yards and 13 rushing TDs. And like I said, you compare you, it, it doesn't sound like a ton of a lot, but then you add the Lamar's 821 rushing yards in there. And this team is running it left, right, and every which way. And it is a, a really lethal running attack. Yeah. And Lamar for as good as he's been working on his second MVP, He's not that hasn't translated in the postseason yet. This is going to be his best opportunity to do that. He's got the weapons. There's an outside chance that they get Mark Andrews back for this game, who's been a tremendous weapon for him. But while he's been out, Isaiah likely has really emerged as a a great tight end in this league. So if they can get both of those guys going, it's going to create a lot of different matchups. You also have OBJ there now who's had some flashes, actually started playing better as the season got long. I think he's getting a little bit healthier there too, but mm-hmm. Zay Flowers, the rookie um, wide receiver from BC, he's been even wow. better than they could have hoped for. No doubt about it. And you mentioned likely he finished the season with a TD catch in four of his five games. So he's likely to score a touchdown in this game as well. Right. And if they get Mark Andrews back, he's missed the last six games and he, I mean, he is the go-to guy uh, and and it's just an exceptional talent. One of the top tight ends in the league to get him back would be an incredible ad. And Zay Flowers, fourth among rookies with 77 catches, fifth in uh, receiving yards with 858. And he also had a touchdown in four of his last five games. So maybe mark him for a touchdown in this game as well. Um, You know, it's just, it's been a pretty, it's been a while though for this Ravens team to kind of get some excitement at the receivers position yeah. and they have it right now with these guys um, and Bateman as well. Um, and Aguilar, let's see if those guys can show right. up on Saturday and make some contributions to this offense. But Dave, as good as that Ravens offense is, <laughs> this Ravens <laughs> defense is even better, dude. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're sixth in yards per game, sixth versus the pass, 14th versus the rush, and most importantly, number one in points per game at just 16 and a half points per game. The ultimate stat, points per game. How many points does the other team get? They led the league with sacks, with 60 sacks, man, and they're tied for third with 18 interceptions, tied for number one in both um, takeaways with 31 takeaways, and that has led to a plus 12 turnover differential. Which and we know in some of the games that they lost, they had some really unfortunate turnovers late. Yeah. We've talked about that all season long, and yet they're plus twelve in the turnover differential. So um, the defense has been really strong. The, the linebackers with Roquan Smith Roquan. and Patrick Queen is kind of like the real, you know, the engine that runs this defense. But you got jo- uh, Jadavian Clowney having he's arguably, the rebound, dude. He's, I mean, like, he's had been his yeah, best season, Clowney, arguably. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nine and a half sacks for him. I mean, between Smith and Queen, it's like, I don't know, 285 tackles or something. They're just, they just eat up tackles, man. And, you know, ultimately on the back end there, the rookie out of Notre Dame, um, Hamilton. is oh, just right. Hamilton. Ab- yeah, he's a long dude at safety. They've always known how to use safeties in Baltimore. And he's that kind of... Uh, you know, multi-purpose piece mm-hmm. on the back end that can really cause problems 
uh, for defense because you can line up at a lot of different places and he's got speed and length that can be a real trouble situation for quarterbacks. Yeah, will they be able to confuse C.J. Stroud? Nobody's really been able to do it yet. He's not as seen a defense like these guys. And Dave, this is a unique matchup because it features the team that the offense is committed, the least amount of turnovers, just 14 for the Texans, only five interceptions for C.J. Stroud against the club that you mentioned, leads the league in takeaways, 31 for Baltimore, and you mentioned plus 12. So. Um, What's going to happen here? It's going to be a very interesting game, an interesting matchup. And um, will the Cinderella story run out on the rookie quarterback? Good question. All right, Dave, let's go ahead and get the nightcap. Let's bring it out to Cali. We got the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. And the Niners are 10-point favorites in this game. And Dave, San Fran has won six consecutive divisional playoff games. Streak started in 2011. And for the most part, these guys have looked like the best team in the NFL. But let's go ahead and start with these Packers, who last week looked like the best team in the NFL. <laughs> That's right. Packers on a four-game win streak. Uh, they go to the divisional round of the playoffs, beating the Cowboys on the road last week. Just plug your ears for a sec. 48-32. to 32. At one point in the second quarter, it was 27 to nothing. And at that point, it kind of felt like it was over unfortunately for Cowboy fans, um, you're able to at least detach. Your, okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm wearing headphones anyways. I could hear everything. <laughs> you're at least able to detach yourself, but I'll tell you what, um, you got to start with this green Bay offense and the way they're playing on, uh, under the floor there. Um, the Packers, uh, 11th in yards per game, 12th in passing, 15th in rushing, and 12th in points per game at 22 and a half. Things that people wouldn't think of when you're thinking of uh, Jordan Love. Uh, finished the regular season second in the NFL with 32 touchdown passes. That does, it just doesn't seem that way. Mid-season when we were looking at them and they were three and six, like this guy stinks, man. He can't see the field, right? No, not the case. Threw for almost uh, 4,200 yards on the season. In his last eight games in the regular season, 20 touchdowns, um, that's 18 passes and two rushes and just one interception, right? In the playoff game, he tacked on another three touchdowns and no interceptions. So if you total them up, uh, it's 23 touchdowns and just one pick in the last nine games for this dude. He is absolutely lighting it up. And like you mentioned already, um, a 157.2 rating, uh, you know, passer rating in the game last week uh, in the wildcard game. And even though the Cowboys got some pressure on him, they weren't sacking him. They were getting there, yeah. but he was buying that little extra bit of time to let his guys get open downfield. Yeah. So just very impressive, the poise back there. And, I mean, you don't want to credit a guy for throwing with bad uh, mechanics. Yeah. But this guy was launching dimes with terrible mechanics. And yeah. he's got the youngest receiving core in the league. And all these guys look like emerging playmakers. They got Kraft and a Musgrave at tight end. Uh, Dobbs last week. Oh my God, dude, he is still wide open against those Cowboys. And you could see an offensive game plan that was attacking stuff that the Packers saw on film against the Cowboys defensively. They were taking advantage of those things all day long. I don't know if there's that many tells from uh, this San Francisco Wilkes defense, but they exposed the deficiencies that the Cowboys have. I don't know that the Niners have those, but you couldn't be more impressed with the offensive game plan. And yeah. as good as Jordan Love was, a healthy Aaron Jones is the catalyst that makes this offense rock. Well, no doubt about it, dude. And in the last, really, the last three games of the regular season where he had over 400 scrimmage yards, and then last week, another phenomenal game. Uh, he's got 597 scrimmage yards uh, and eight TDs in his six career playoff games. So when it comes down to big games at big times. Mm -hmm. He's also in the business of doing that. Um, so, um, yeah, he is. He has been really impressive. And like you said, the the Matt Lafleur game plan it, it included deep shots and 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 buying time for the quarterback to wait for things to open up. Mm -hmm. But it also included Aaron Jones, uh, you know, marching down the field and really, yeah. really a great, great uh, running game plan that Aaron Jones was able to really. Uh, execute there with these Packers last week. Yeah, almost six uh, yards of carry for him. And the last couple of weeks, 
They've been working Christian Watson back. He wasn't out on the field that much versus yeah. the Cowboys. They didn't have to because they got out so far, but he did have a couple catches. If this guy is a step closer to being healthy, if this Packers uh, offensive line can give love the time they gave him last week and be this dynamic. Yeah. Sky's Should be a really exciting game. I mean, Dobbs last night, last week, rather, uh, six catches, 151 yards and a touchdown in that game. Uh, just really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Jaden Reed, also Dontavian Wicks, man. Reed and Wicks became the first uh, pair of rookie teammates, each with 500-plus receiving yards since 2014. Again, don't tell Aaron Rodgers about all these stats. Yeah. I'm so... happy about this. But, you know, you got to give a lot of credit, though, to Jordan Love. He just – like you said, the way he was able to sort of step back, step back, sidestep a little bit, and then let it rip. Um, yeah. And it just seemed like they had a great game plan to take advantage of of what they saw on that Cowboys defense. Yeah. Well, the bad news for those Packers is this Niners defense is not that Cowboys defense. But um, let's go ahead and talk about that Pack defense just a little bit. It's hard to yeah. say how well they did because the Cowboys started out so slow. They did pick Dak a couple of times, but overall, they looked <laughs> coached up to yeah, attack Joe Barry, our weaknesses, too. Yeah, defensive coordinator Joe Barry had those guys geared up and ready to go. Uh, they were 17th in yards per game uh, on the season, 9th versus the pass, 28th versus the run. Could be uh, an issue uh, maybe moving forward here, but um, 10th in points per game. So ultimately that's a pretty good stat at just mm-hmm. over 20 points a game, 16th in sacks with 45, 23rd in takeaways. So they're not really that usually that aggressive uh, getting after the quarterback and taking the ball away. Turnover, turnover ratio for these guys was just zero, but um, some decent players on this defensive side, obviously, you know, all about Darnell Savage after last week's, um, 64 yard interception for a touchdown. Jair I thought Alexander. you were going to say his savagery, but <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and Jair Alexander, obviously a really quality cover guy back there too. Um, but you know, uh, just a, a, a really strong unit overall and playing together really well. Yeah. But the thing is they're not going to be able to bully these Niners. Like they bullied my uh, Cowboys no. there and come into his second season. Brock Purdy dude. this guy. If they did a redraft, he would have been top of the first round guaranteed. He's leading the NFL in passer rating, third in touchdown passes, just one behind Jordan Love, fifth in passing yards, and he became the fifth player ever to have eight games of 120-plus passer rating in a season, man. I know he's got lots of weapons, but you can't just say it's everything else and not this guy. No way. I mean, Purdy is the dude back there pulling the trigger. He's the guy, uh, you know. That, that makes it all work because of how he sees the field. And, of course, it's beautifully schemed up under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, but Shanahan has always been known to want a guy that immediate, that can see the field and run the play as it was designed to be run. Yep. And that's exactly what Purdy does. As soon as he sees that first read come open, boom, he hits it, and he hits it beautifully. He's a very accurate passer. He hits guys in stride with great anticipation, and he sets dudes up to run the football after catch. Obviously, Debo Samuel, everybody's talked about for a long time, but Brandon Ayuk has really emerged as one of the top receivers in the league as well. Yeah, and another thing about Debo's game, dude, is running the football, 12 TDs on the season, seven receiving five rushing and when this team gets that run game going with Debo they are absolutely dangerous but Dave Christian McCaffrey bro this cat if there's a factor back left in the NFL he is it (laughs) he was a full go at practice on Tuesday he had missed the last couple weeks with a calf strain he led the NFL in scrimmage yards at over 2,000 and led him in uh, the NFL in rush yards at almost 1,500 21 touchdowns had 100-plus scrimmage yards in a TD and six of his seven home games this season. And uh, the guy can do a little bit of everything. And when he really gets it going, that just peels the layers of this offense. It looks like it's an onion, dude. And, um, you know, there's nobody's got the skill set that this guy has. He could line up as a wideout if you wanted to him, but he's also tough, man. His training regime is absolutely incredible. And they stole this guy for practically nothing from the Panthers, dude. And ever since, <laughs> they've not looked back. 
Yeah. And we know in the Kyle Han, uh, Kyle Shanahan running scheme, you can plug a back in. They had a handful of backs, Jeff Wilson, Mostert, uh, Elijah. Even Mitchell there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So dude after dude is able to get into that offense and put up big numbers. But now you take a different a different cat in McCaffrey and you put a dude with that level of talent in there. Um, and it just takes it to another level. And you see when they traded for him, I was like, geez, it seems like they don't need him. You know, they're running the ball. Great. Well, obviously we look at it and see what a difference a dude with that skill set in that offense can do. Yeah. We're not even really going to talk about Kittle all that much. He's such a dynamic weapon too, but he would rather pancake, a defender then catch a touchdown and guess what he's probably going to do a little bit of both on saturday night dave and we said the ravens defense is better than their offense that might be the case with these niners too third and uh scoring defense just over 17 points a game third in rush defense less than 90 a game 48 sacks 28 takeaways that puts them plus 10 in the turnover ratio and dave if the packers have a tough time running the ball Maybe this pass rush can get after Jordan Love. The Cowboys couldn't get home with their bevy of pass rushers. But um, you got a Bosa over there that is a, a freak of nature, and you don't usually go a full game without that guy having an impact. Yeah, and you got Chase Young, uh, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave. I mean, that front four right there, you know, they can get after the quarterback, but they can also shut down the run game. And then you got linebackers, you know, with Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Fred Warner uh, yeah. I mean, just absolutely clean up anything that gets by that, that first line of defense. Yeah, dude. Uh, Fred Warner led the team 132 tackles, had 11 pass defenses. All right. We're talking a linebacker and he's hanging with some good receivers and he's getting yeah. that done Four interceptions. You mentioned uh, up front, dude, Bosa, 10 and a half sacks. Javon Hargrave, seven, eight TFLs, dude. Um, Armstead in nine playoff games, seven sacks. So lots of production up there. They're going to be ready to go for this game. And how about a Traverius Ward, dude? Yeah. Um, 23 passes defended this year. Do not throw at him. Uh, career high, five interceptions. These guys are going to be able to rise to the occasion. They're not going to the wilt under the lights. They fully expect to get to the Super Bowl anything in front of them are just obstacles in their way. And um, they look to destroy any and all obstacles. Yeah. It's going to be a fun game uh, with this upstart Packer team that really uh, peaked at the right po point in time to make this thing seem like, Oh boy, this could be a, a legit uh, ball game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move it on to Sunday's action. Casey, where we'll get things going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions, and the Lions at home are favored by six uh, in this game. This is a rematch from Week Six, where Tampa Bay, excuse me, Tampa Bay hosted Detroit in that one. Detroit won that game, uh, twenty to six. Yeah, that was a long time ago, Dave. Because the last seven games, the Bucks won six of them, and last week Baker Mayfield became the first Tampa Bay quarterback to have at least three hundred yards passing and three touchdowns in the postseason. Something even Tuami couldn't do in his wow. short run with the bucks there baker now has three touchdown passes and two of his three career playoff starts dude last week baked 22 at 36 i counted at least five drops in that game he could have been better but mm -hmm. he had pinpoint precision last week and absolutely shredded that eagles defense man baker playing some of the best football of his career he's in a place um that wanted him and i think that means a lot to baker yeah, and we all know Baker plays with that chip on his shoulder business. Um, and, you know, so him kind of feeling comfortable again and feeling yeah. wanted uh, in this situation as he sort of meandered about the NFL. Everywhere he's gone, he's he's been a gamer and he's been a winner. And here now he's got a group around him uh, of talented guys. I mean, this receiving group and, and the tight ends. I mean, it's impressive. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, at receiver and K. Dotton has really emerged at the tight end position. Yeah, he had eight for 89 last week and he had a huge drop that would have put him over 100 yards. He might have hit his head on the goalpost as I like to say. And what about rookie wideout Trey Palmer, dude? That 56 yard touchdown last week Woo! that put an end to the game. We're like, oh, the Eagles have an outside chance. Boom, Palmer touchdown. No, 
This guy is as fast as they come. And it took a little bit, but Dave Canales, his first year on the job as an OC, it looks like he's in his bag now. I thought they had a great game plan against those Eagles uh, in the wild card round. Him and Baker feeling each other out and kind of getting that mojo going. But lately, dude, it's been the run game. In that uh, week six, I think it was, the Bucks 46 rushing yards, only 2.9 to carry against the Lions. Lions play really good rush defense. We'll get into that. But the Bucks finished dead last in rush yards at under 90 yards a game. Last week for the Eagles, 29 for 119, including 72 by Rashad White. They had just enough in that run game that keep the Eagles honest. And then late in that game, kind of Rashad White took that rush game over and helped put those Eagles away. So it's coming together offensively for these Bucks. Yes, it certainly is. And like you said, Rashad White, you know, emerging now as, as a legitimate weapon at the running back position there. So it's pretty impressive. And defensively, dude, that might've been the Bucks' best game defensively I've seen all year. And the scary thing is these guys are close to full health. They've held their last six of the last eight opponents to 20 points or fewer. And Dave, they shut out the Eagles in three of the four quarters last week wow. in that wild card game. That is impressive, dude. And we, you talked about it going in. You were looking forward to Vita Vea, uh, you know, and his lineup, especially in that, uh, you know, push. Brotherly thing. shove. Right. In that situation. And it looked like he was there dominating. He got lower than yep. the lowest dude. And he submarined that thing. And it kind of diffused that play for the Eagles, that thing that was just money for them. Yeah, I mean, not everybody's got a Vita Vea. He's one yeah. of the best, but that's you need- how you do it. You just have a Vita Vea there. But, dude, you're getting major contributions from two defenders on uh, rookies. Kalijah Kansi, who yeah. really come on the second half of the season, yeah. and Zion McCollum. He's been great in the secondary. He's probably going to be matched up against Laporta. I can't wait to see that uh, matchup in this game. But the Bucks held the Eagles to just 42 rushing yards on 15 carries. They shredded them for over 200 early in the matchup against those Eagles mm-hmm. week three. So it will be interesting to see if they can slow that uh, run game down against these Lions too. But shutting that run down forced the Eagles out of that run game. Then they brought the heat. Jalen Hurts pressured on 20 and 39 dropbacks. And on 20 of those plays, three sacks and was just eight for 17 for 69 yards and no touchdowns blitzing on 60% of the plays and almost every single time the Eagles had an empty backfield, they brought the heat and they confused Jalen hurts and it put a stop to any good things happening on that offense. And if they can get that kind of pressure on golf, he struggled a little bit um, yeah. when golf has been pressured just three of eight um, on his t- uh, touchdown to interception ratio, 53.8 uh, completion percentage and a passer rating of just 62 Point nine. And Dave, real quick, before we move on to the Lions, maybe the biggest Pro Bowl snub, Antoine Winfield Jr., yeah. dude. I don't yeah. know how this guy didn't make the Pro Bowl. He did make the All-Pro team, so that's uh, nice, if not better. But, yeah, it's yeah. actually much better. First DB since 2000, since your guy, um, Rodney Harrison, 120-plus tackles, 10 pass defenses, five interceptions – or five-plus sacks – in a season for a safety dude. And we've seen this guy. He had to play against um, DJ Chark in the, uh, the week 18 game where he knocked the ball away. That would have given the Panthers a lead. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I think it was the Falcons game too, where Desmond Ritter was running in. He chased it down and forced to fumble through the end zone that preserved a win in that game. So um, I love Winfield juniors game, dude. Yeah, and Todd Bowles, uh, head coach there, is also obviously a defensive guru. He went through, you know, a little bit of time where, hey, is this guy really going to get, you know, should we move on from this guy? Is he really after the, the, the Super Bowl and the sort of the regime change there? And, yeah, it's panned out that this guy uh, can dial it up. And like you said, he'll, he'll blitz when he needs to blitz or he'll play coverage when he needs to blitz. He's going to scheme it up uh, to give his yeah. guys the best chance to win. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if you were on the Twitters this week when one of the reporters asked him how he was preparing his team for the cold. <laughs> well, we'll be in it for about 20 seconds because they've been in a dome for 50-plus years. A little hilarity there, dude. Um, and But I would say that maybe the demeanor of these two head coaches is just a little bit different. 
certainly is when you look at bowls uh quite reserved compared to obviously dan campbell who is an absolute uh beast as a head coach and man uh like his guys will run through a wall for him but uh let's talk about uh this detroit team they did win four of the last five games entering uh this game off a wild card win over the rams it was the best game of the weekend last week 24 to 23 a lot of scoring early I think there was only two field goals, uh, just traded field goals in the second half. So both teams made some good adjustments defensively. Uh, Detroit won its first playoff game since 1991 and clinched its first division title since 1993. They tied a franchise record with 12 regular season wins, but they are just not ready to, you know, say we've gone far enough. We've done yeah, it. We're, uh-huh. we're thrilled with what we've done. Uh, this team is ready to go ahead and um and take that next step you know oh it does this is a battle of former number one overall picks in baker mayfield and jared goff and let's talk about goff a little bit first of all this detroit offense uh this year has been so exciting to watch Mm -hmm. uh you know, orchestrated by Ben Johnson, the coordinator there, but third in yards per game, second in passing, fifth in rushing, and fifth in points. I mean, this is a balanced offense that's just cranking. They score over 27 points a game. Jared Goff, who is a discard from the Rams, basically, Mm -hmm. and all the picks that came with them, has really built this team. And they built it around Goff and gave him some skill positions, man. He had 277 yards and a touchdown and a 121.8 rating last week against the Rams. And that was a pretty solid Rams defense that that he was ripping up, especially in that first half. In There was the week six meeting here, and Jared Goff passed for 350-plus yards and two touchdowns with a 107.5 rating. So if that is any indication, I know that was a long time ago, week six to now the divisional round, but Goff was feeling pretty good about himself then golf on the season second in pass yards at um, almost 4,600 fourth in TD passes with 30 of them. So it's been a phenomenal season. Goff really is comfortable running that Ben Johnson Detroit Lions offense. Yeah. And last week when they had to put the game away a third and seven or whatever, he went to Amon Ross St. Brown, who he's done a lot awesome. this year. And last week, Devonta Smith went off eight for one forty-eight against the Bucks, so there might be some uh, little worry there, but no other receiver at 32 yards. So if the Bucks want to play some defense, make it someone not named Amon Ross St. Brown beat you. But that is much easier <laughs> said than done. This guy yeah. is awesome. Yeah, St. Brown, uh, seven catches, 110 yards last week. Uh, he had 10 games with 100 plus yards uh, this year, including the playoffs. That's the most in the NFL. And he uh, ranked tied for second in the NFL with 119 catches, uh, third with uh, 1,515 yards and 10 receiving touchdowns this year. Um, you sprinkle in a little Sam Laporta, or what we talked about, possible rookie of the year, mm-hmm. certainly a candidate for that. Uh, 86 uh, catches for the rookie fourth most uh, in receiving yards by a rookie tight end all time with 889 and the third rookie tight end ever with 10 plus touchdowns uh, receiving the football. So um, just an awesome, awesome, uh, you know, a set of uh, weapons for golf to deal with. But I think arguably though, just as important as those dudes is the combination of, of Montgomery and Gibbs. They were the first pair of teammates in NFL history, each with a thousand screaming yards and 10 TDs in the same season. So an impressive, impressive uh, deal between those guys. And they're like a thunder and lightning deal with Montgomery handling sort of the brute work between the, the, the tackles and around the goal line and short yardage and uh, Gibbs with the explosion that he brings to the equation. Uh, Montgomery with over 1100 scrimmage yards uh, and, uh, I mean, 1,261 scrimmage yards for Gibbs. And you got to love like the direction that these Lions had. They got specific players that they wanted and those styles. And it's really, you know, the proof is in the pudding there. You mentioned David Montgomery, man. This guy was great on the Bears. You bring him over and he's got a specific job, but he handles it well. In the last half of the season, I don't know if there was a more dynamic back than Gibbs. He really came on late. Both of these guys can take it to the house. Gibbs is so stinking fast, though. They both can catch the ball, too. It's almost a crime to have two 
running backs that are that caliber, but they had yeah. an intention of the people that they brought in free agent wise. They had an intention for the people that they've drafted. And so far it is working out for the lions. Yeah. 23 rushing TDs between the two dudes there. So um, just, it's an impressive, they can get you any which way. That's why their, their offense is so productive and so balanced. Yeah. That defense, not too shabby either, though. Not too bad. 19th in uh, yards per game, 27th in passing, though, so that's their weakness. But they are second versus the run, and uh, they are 23rd in points, giving up uh, over 23 points a game. 23 sacks, um, 41, uh, excuse me, 23rd in sacks with 41 of them, and 18 takeaways, um, third, excuse me, 23 takeaways. They're 18th ranked in there. So turnover, turnover differential is zero. Um, so they haven't been living on turnovers necessarily, but they have gotten a ton out of some, uh, a handful of different dudes in particular, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, in his second season, uh, there two sacks last week for Hutchinson. And these guys absolutely beat the crap out of Matt Stafford last week. They were hitting him. They were hassling him getting a ton of pressure and just a big physical defense kind of, um, you know, mirrors the head coach there. And how about Brian branch, dude, this guy has been pretty awesome as well. Yeah. Seven tackles and a pass defense last week. Uh, he had three touch, uh, three interceptions and 13 passes defense on the season. How about linebacker, Alex, uh, Anzalone, uh, you almost said anal zone. I know I did. <laughs> a career high, 129 tackles this year. He's a tackling machine. Um, you know this defense. Uh, it, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna win the game for you, but it sure as hell not gonna lose it. Yeah, you know, and uh, the Bucks last week they avenged their week three loss to the Eagles. They have a chance to avenge that week six loss to the Lions. But man, the vibes are high in detroit rock city right now i'll tell you what it is going to be exciting oh we got one more game dave a A little tasty tasty game we have the kansas city chiefs at the buffalo bills the bills are two and a half point favorites this is a rematch from the week 14 game buffalo at kansas city the bills won 20 to 17 (laughs) Kadarius tony offsides wipes out one of the greatest plays in the history of football dave also a rematch from the 2022 divisional game, Buffalo at Kansas City. Woo. The Chiefs won that one 42 36 in overtime. Oh, let me give you a little love from that game, real quick. Allen, yeah. 27 to 37, 73%, 329, four passing touchdowns. Bills, uh, Josh Allen, 397 offensive yards, dude, 136 pass rating. Mahomes, 33 or 44, 75%, 378. Three passing touchdowns, one rushing TD. Um, he had Mahomes had 447 offensive yards, 123.1 pass rating. Gabe Davis, you might remember, eight four. catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns, dude. Yeah. First player in NFL history to have four touchdowns in a playoff game. 974 total yards of offense, 53 first downs, four penalties. Can we please get that game again? Yeah, and remember in maybe that game, maybe a different ending for the Bills. Oh yeah, maybe a different end. The last couple of minutes, there were an ex- a flurry of, of of scoring exchanges, including obviously that fourth touchdown for Gabriel Davis taking the lead with just 13 seconds left. Then it was a there's huge no play. time left. Right. That's huge play to 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 Tyreek, and then a huge play to Kelsey, and then obviously uh, Butker kicks the 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 tying field goal. It goes into overtime. Guess what? Chiefs march down the field get the touchdown, win the football game. Josh Allen never gets back on the football field. How long had we screamed about that change in the rule for the playoffs? Thank God that won't happen this time around. If we get that same game, at least we're going to see Josh Allen get a chance too. And that's how it should be in the postseason. Josh Allen never got a chance. I know. Despite the 397 yards combined. He was the leading rusher for them that year, that day. I think 68 yards rushing. He was just an absolute beast. All right, Casey, let's get into to, to this weekend's game, though, and get things started with this Chiefs team. Um, uh, obviously, they won last week 26-7 to in a very, very cold game uh, hosting Miami. Uh, those fish were definitely freezing uh, in Kansas City. It was brutal uh, there. The Chiefs won the AFC West division title for the eighth straight season, the second longest streak in NFL history. They'll be 
the second team ever to go to six straight championship games if they can get this win. Uh, that would be New England uh, in the 2010s to 20s area era there where they did it eight times. Andy Reid, 23 career, uh, career playoff wins, second most ever by a head coach, uh, seeking his 11th championship game appearance uh, as a head coach. He can uh, surpass Tom Landry uh, for the second most ever by a head coach. So let's get into the Kansas City offense. It isn't as incredibly ripping as it was in that game two years ago or even last year. This year's Chiefs offense, though, is kind of shaping up into position to be ready to sort of do their regular thing uh, and take care of business here. They are ninth in yards. because As much as we complain about them not being the Chiefs of last year or whatever, they're ninth in yards per game, sixth in passing, passing, 19th in rushing, and 15th in points. That's the thing. They haven't scored quite as many points at under 22 yeah. points a game. But Mahomes, 303 yards uh, from scrimmage last week and a touchdown pass. Um, and a 12-3 and record in 15 career games in the playoffs. And with two or more TDs in six of his last uh, games in the playoffs. So um, we'll see how Mahomes can do. Yeah, you mentioned he's five in a row in divisional round, um, but he hasn't had to play a game on the road yet. And even in a down season for the Chiefs, here they are, the three seed, you know, still getting it done. And I think maybe they were just a little bored with the regular season, knowing that it is all about the postseason. And last week, that might have been their best game in a while. And it just kind of took a while to find that receiver to compliment Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, dude, the last month of the season, one of the hottest receivers in the NFL, found a guy that Mahomes can trust. He was really good against the Dolphins last week. But one of the guys I love on this offense, Isaiah Pacheco, dude, this guy runs like he's on fire. Yeah, he's like a Tasmanian devil just flying around. And he he's a ferocious runner. 89 yards and a touchdown last week uh, in the cold, uh, mowing over the the Miami Dolphins there. No doubt. He he gives them a physical mm-hmm. identity there. And behind the the center, uh, Creed Humphrey there. Uh, they, former Sooner. They just, yeah, former Sooner. I know it. That that interior of that line is very solid. The, the tackles may be a little suspect, but, man, they can punch a hole in a defense. I'll tell you what. And again, a ton of watch. And you mentioned Rasheed Rice, dude. Last week, eight catches for a career high, 130 yards. Nice time to get a career high, right? Mm-hmm. It's his seventh straight game with five catches and 50 yards or more, right? So he is really kind of come into shape. We talked about it all year, how they struggled to find a go-to guy. He would find six or eight different guys to throw the football to, but not a guy that you would say, besides Kelsey, this is the dude we're going to in a clutch yeah. scenario. But now Rasheed Rice has emerged a, a, as that guy. And speaking of Kelsey, of course, Kelsey's Kelsey. He is always um, finds his way to, to, to be open on a third mm-hmm. down. Seven catches, 71 yards last week. It's his 11th straight playoff game with five or more catches and his 10th straight playoff game with 50 or more receiving yards. He has a TD in six of his last seven games in the playoffs. So but- as consistent as they come. Yeah, but Dave, it's third and 14. What happens to this oh. Chiefs offense? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what happens. The pocket breaks down. Mahomes runs around, does a, a loop-de-loop, and then runs for 16 yards. Yeah. Okay? And picks Never up the fails. first down with his legs. I, it, it, it blows my mind how people, uh, when they're pass rushing him, get just out of their lanes. And suddenly, he's so great at manipulating the defense that he knows how much space there is there and he can time it out where it's okay. It's go time. And he can pick up the yards. He needs never seems to fail Mahomes on a third and 14 or 15. He's not throwing it. He's running. Nope. It. Yeah. And you know, this seems to be a common theme with some of these better teams moving into the playoffs. The defenses are outstanding. Whew, I'll tell you what, this is the thing about this chiefs team. That is why when you look at, oh, the offense is, well, the reason is because the defense is so much better than it has been in all of these previous, uh, you know, Super Bowl runs for the Chiefs here. Defense second in yards per game, fourth versus the pass, 18th versus the run, but second in points given up at over just over 17 points a game, second in sacks with 57. 
but they do just have, uh, they're just 27th in takeaways, which is 17. So they don't live off the takeaway, mm -hmm. uh, but they do get after the quarterback quite a bit. Um, they're diff their turnover differential case. Okay, she's the only scary part here. And you know, playoff games are won or lost by a couple of turnovers, right? One yeah. way or the other, they are negative 11. That's tied for 28th in the league. Oh, but they still won the AFC West and they're still the third seed despite that. So if they don't turn the ball over, they tend to win football games. Even so, they can overcome turnovers as long as yeah. there's not too many of them. Yeah, when the Chiefs have allowed 17 or fewer points, including the postseason, they've won 45 consecutive games. Last Ooh, week, they gave up just seven points to that high-powered Dolphins offense. But the Dolphins looked like a fish out of warmth. The Bills love the cold. The colder, the better. Josh Allen, dude, last week, 277 yards, 203 passing, 74 rushing, four touchdowns, dude. And now that's 16 uh, rushing TDs for Josh Allen. That's the most ever by a quarterback in the season, including playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, in his nine uh, career playoff appearances, he's averaged 2.7 touchdowns, 281.9 passing yards, 336 yards of offense dude that's the most in NFL history we're not talking a team we're talking a single player and a 101.6 <laughs> pass rating dude so he's better in the post than he is in the regular season and they beat those chiefs 20 to 17 in week 14 buffalo how they do it they relied heavily on james cook in that game he had yeah. five catches for 83 receiving yards 10 carries for 58 rushing yards and a receiving touchdown. He was third among running backs with 1,537 scrimmage yards. The run game between Josh Allen and James Cook, they're doing some pretty good things there for these Bills. No doubt about it. And this is kind of one of the differences. You know, these teams seem to have they seem to have meet each other again and again in the playoffs um, and in certainly in the regular season. So these teams know each other well. But the previous iterations of this Bills squad – didn't have quite the dynamic running back nope. that they've got now with the way James Cook is playing. And uh, they've shown, obviously, in certain circumstances that that part of their, their team can take over a football game. And in the playoffs, that was a key thing that was missing in the previous versions of the Bills that this version really can bring at you. Yeah, and Latavius Murray could come out of nowhere. I wouldn't be shocked if he had a two or three touchdown game. You get down there near the goal line. Fallon's not going to take it in. He's a bruiser back. We mentioned the uh, the four touchdowns and 200 yards from Gabe Davis. He did not practice on Wednesday. He's still listed as day-to-day. -day. I don't know if he can go. If not, Khalil Shakir, Has he's a guy that up. they trust. Three for yeah. 31 and a touchdown versus the Steelers last week. But not only that, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, they both had a touchdown. <laughs> versus the Steelers last week. And they're both really dynamic, especially Kincaid, the rookie out of Utah. I was hoping this guy would go to the Cowboys. He's found a home in Buffalo, and he is an exciting and ascending player. Yeah, the tandem at tight ends there. I mean, Kincaid showing up and then um, uh, Knox kind of getting dinged up and kind of being out of the mix. And then Kincaid's emerged along the, the course of the season. But now Knox kind of reemerging as – Oh yeah, this guy was great too. You know, so it's a rate. It's a great uh, tandem there. They can go too tight end and uh, get you through the air or on the ground. Yeah, and this Bills defense. They finished the regular season uh, top ten in sacks and QB hits. Fifty four sacks. That was good for fourth most. One hundred and ten quarterback hits. That's uh, sixth best in the league. And since the twenty twenty home playoff game, the Bills defense has allowed quarterbacks a 75.6 passer rating, seven takeaways, 13 sacks, and 34 hits. Those are all top five. They don't have Matt Milano, but A.J. Klein is doing pretty good work out there, dude. He had 11 tackles versus Pittsburgh last week, and the Bills have pass rushers plenty, dude. No doubt about it. Greg Rousseau has really been getting after it. Ed Oliver there. Uh, Leonard Floyd, the former Ram. Uh, has been a nice addition there as well. So they can really get after the quarterback. Yeah, and um, you mentioned uh, Kansas City minus 11 in turnovers this season. We we almost didn't go by and get our Von Miller. You know Von Miller's going to have a sack on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> 14 interceptions this year. Very un-Mahomes-like. He's taken some chances. Now with Rice in the mix, Pacheco healthy. I don't know if he's going to risk it as much. But, Dave, the wild card game against Pittsburgh got postponed 
due to weather, and it looks like possible flurries on Sunday afternoon. Temperature is supposed to be a high of 26 and a low of 18, with winds up to 16 mile an hour. Since 2017, Sean McDermott, 11-1 and in games, including the playoffs that are 32 degrees or below at kickoff. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Well, <clears throat> Uh, we failed to mention one other thing, Casey. Uh, Chris Jones, towards the end of his possible career in Kansas City, had a, a half sack last week. Uh, he always knows how to wreck a game. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, him, the Karloftis, the second great guy. god of sacks. That's right. And we talk about McDuffie in the secondary there. This young Chiefs defense, Legarius Sneed, who's been fantastic, is limited. So uh, in terms of will he be able to go, I'm imagining he will, but he's got a calf situation. Um, it is going to be, oh, man, somebody's going to make a play that's going to make a big difference in this football game. And it's, I mean, there's going to be so many plays, but which one's the game, the one that pushes it in one team's direction or the other? Yes, need on Diggs. That's Woo! an exciting matchup. Diggs has been a little bit quiet the last month of the season. Maybe he wants to make a little noise in the playoffs. That is true. He has been a little bit quiet, hasn't he? We'll see if he can make something happen in this weekend's divisional round matchup. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I am Dave, and we are out of here.